Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport. We are here at 2022 Tour de France in Copenhagen. And joining me is a special guest. Matt Steelers are here for the three weeks with me, which is... Great. We haven't formed our podcast combination together since like, 2019, I think it was, the last time we did it. Maybe 2020, early in COVID. I think we've done a couple of little guest pods, but this is the first time we've probably been rolling for best pods. It's going to be like 16 or 17 pods throughout the tour. This It'll is properly amazing. exciting, isn't it? And we're in a big, shiny Gets lobby. juice is going, this. It does. Mm. It, it's, it, I think if you're a... It's, I'm salivating at the thought of all the wonderful podness that's going to happen over the next three weeks. <sighs> Great stuff. <laughs> um, today, what do you reckon today then, Matt? I mean, I was on the ground on the motorbike. I got absolutely drenched. Yeah, you were shivering, weren't you? I was. It was, it was very cold. A, it was weird. It was a mild day, but a wet day. Yeah. But you were probably, I mean, it's different on a motorbike. And then it was quite humid towards the end of the day, yeah. wasn't it? So, but um, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was a change in conditions. I know they, they, they forecast it, but um, I think it, it added a bit of drama to the race. I think it was an un- a surprising winner. Yeah. I don't think anyone backed Yves Lampard to win. Actually, I was at the team bus of... of uh, Quicks up Alpha Vinyl, and this d- random Danish dude came up to me, and he said, "Matt, I said, oh hi, hi." He said, um, "One of my friends decided that he thought Eve Lampard was going to win, and he put like twenty euros on it, really? sixty-one to one, sixty-five to one, and it came home. So well, maybe he knew something, but um, no. I mean, that thing is, a couple it, of beers here in Denmark. I think it might. I think it, it's a, It was about two thousand euros uh, that he won. Uh, but no, I think you're quite right. He's, uh, it was a surprise performance." When you actually look at Yves Lampard over the last couple of months, he won the TT in the Balois, Bel- Tour of Belgium, second in the Belgian, second or third in the Belgian TT champs. No, second, wasn't he? Yeah. By only a handful of seconds to Remco. Yeah. So, but he's, he's still managed to be an outlier. I think that just says a lot about how, yeah. how many good TT riders are here. You can be mm. excellent, but no, but yeah, I don't think anybody would have even mentioned him. No, they? and you can't, you can't say that he um, had a bit of luck or anything like that because he went off in the harshest conditions, I think, or was certainly after. From what I saw, Geraint Thomas went off in the worst. He was really chucking it down when G went off. Um, funny enough, he got, forgot to take his vest off, didn't he? He did. He forgot to take his gilet off. That was, yeah. he, it was quite, he was, I had, a, again, a chat with him at the bus afterwards and, I said, because I didn't know. I said, how did that go? Before we rolled the interview. Uh, and he said, rubbish, he said. Absolutely, I completely screwed up. He said, I felt really good, but I was just really nervous in all the corners. And then about 2K in, I re- there was something flapping around and he looked down and he had his, he had his jelly on still, yeah. which he partially unzipped. Yeah. So he, and then that cracked him even more. So, because everybody was saying, go steady in the corners, go steady in yeah. the corners. And he had his jelly on, so he said he was... His legs felt great, but mentally yeah. it was... I could but, tell that, that he was um, cautious in the corners, but it was, you know, he doesn't want to leave his, his tour on the road there. Totally. Um, and I've followed quite a few of them. Zagana just never looked like he was really on it, but he went off in sort of harsh conditions as well. Van Aert was looking good. Pogaccio was a great ride. That's in that, well, third place on the Phenomenal. Day, yeah. But the one that really amazed me, even though it was drawing conditions towards the end, 
It was Tom Pidcock. He was absolutely. It was. It was uh, to watch yeah, 15th, him. Fifteenth. Yeah. Yeah, but it was more the way his flat speed. You know, wasn't on. Com, you know, no comparison to the likes of Ganner and that when he was in a straight line. But the way he took the corners and stuff, it was. It was a joy to watch. His bike handling skills were amazing. Um, in changing conditions, you know, wet, dry. The way he shot through the corners and um, scraping the barriers on the way out, and uh, I think it really flourished this three weeks, Tom. And I'm looking forward to it. I know our colleague Hannah, Hannah Walker, interviewed um, Tom when he finished, and before before we we did the chat with him, um, we were chatting about what questions to ask him. So well, we we're definitely asking about the TT, but it's more about the experience of the tour. And, I, and I, I've not seen the interview actually, Brad. But what Hannah was saying was that he he became quite emotional. He said because his dad texted him before the start to say this is what you finally wanted. I mean, think of all the stuff Tom's already yeah, won, Olympic yeah. champion and stuff. He said he's always wanted to ride the tour. And his dad, apparently on, on the text, said he loved him. And he got, and he said, my dad doesn't normally do that. Right. And, so it's quite, and, and Hannah said it's really quite powerful. He was properly like dewy-eyed and emotional. Because yeah, yeah. it's massive, isn't it? I mean, you've, you've done it enough times. I mean, you bloody won the thing, haven't you? But for some, for some young riders, just being on the start line of any Grand Tour, let alone mm. the Tour, and for a rider of his caliber, it just shows why the tour is so special, yeah. doesn't it? You know, that, that's what it's, it's like. Not the race, and I was thinking that when I was riding behind him today, actually, that this is his first race, and he's already a superstar of the sport, isn't he? But we mm. keep talking about him in, in, in the sense that he's a talent, but he's almost, you know, surpassed that now, and he's 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 a, um, a, ch a champion in his own right. But we still sort of mark him as a talent in terms of what he still could achieve yeah. in the sport, and you know, you wouldn't put it past him to win the tour one day. But what an experience this is going to be for him. And, and, and I, I went, drifted around to the Ineos bus today and kind of stayed away a little bit because I was looking for the guy, the Oakley guy was trying to meet me there. Um, and um, I got closer and closer to the bus as one or two people called me over and said, hi, you know. Yeah. And uh, eventually I was at the barriers of the bus <laughs> and chatting with uh, Carsten Jepsen. Steve Cummins was there. We yep. were a bit of a laugh. Yeah. Uh, Rod Ellingworth and... Um, it's quite a change of personnel there now. It's, it, it very, it's very different looking. It's still it? got uh, you know pepperings of sort of um, what Team Sky was, but it is it was almost a different team now. Yeah, and I don't know half the faces there, but um, it has a good feel about it this year. Ineos, it's got a really good feel about it. It's got a relaxed feel. They're almost like they've almost shook the monkey off their back of Team Sky and the Froome era and, and things like that. And it's it feels like a new a new era under Rod. Yeah, and a, and, a, and a young team, and and um, it's it, they're definitely more approachable now than they were a couple of years ago. It yeah. feels like that anyway. Maybe that's just me. Yeah, um, it must be interesting for you. You know, when we were back at the tour for the first time in twenty twenty nineteen, wasn't it? And um, you were a little bit cautious about going to yeah to speak to Dave and everybody else. But do you still feel that now a little bit? I mean, no. I know, but you, no, you no, seem no. to have just warmed to it now. No, it's but, fine now. But that, that's no. I think that was part and parcel of who I was then. Um, yeah, I was a bit self-conscious and things like that. And it was, you know, it's hard coming back into a sport that you loved and that you ended up hated when you left. So, and uh, yeah, no, it's just, it's easy now. Yeah. Yeah. I can walk around the compound and that my leather jacket, like the Terminator. And, you, know, <laughs> you did look a little bit like the Terminator. I do feel state. like the Terminator. You just needed that like, like one but, red um, It's great today. Today was fun. one of the, the best things happened to me today. Um, one of my, I've got so many, I always say, oh, he's my hero. I've got so many childhood heroes from the nineties, but one of my Danish childhood heroes. Is it Rolf? Rolf, Rolf Sorensen from Denmark. Rolf Sorensen, yeah. Uh, he came up to me and gave me a big hug. That's pretty cool, isn't it? And that hug stopped the urge to lick his face. 
That's good because which is what I normally get the urge to yeah. do with my heroes. Well, thank goodness for that because it could have been embarrassing for everybody. But um, they gave me a big hug, and I said, oh, you, I, "My daughter's with me," and I introduced him to my daughter. And I said, um, "This is Rolf Schwarzman from Denmark. Was my hero." And then Rolf said, "You are my hero." So it was lovely. It was just and that yeah, I don't know. I'll it was, never, a, it was that, a classy, that, classy. Part that will never leave me though. That that kind of being at the tour and meeting one of your heroes. Yeah, you know, it's great. And then we saw Brian, didn't we? Brian came We saw up. Brian strolling down the home straight, loving the attention. Oh, he was like... It was, Reveling in it. It was, it was like... Top to toe in Paul it Smith. Was, it was like a slightly <laughs> older Danish Liam Gallagher yeah. walking down the... And just loving it. My and daughter it, actually it, said, is that David Coulthard walking down the... He, <laughs> he has got the look of like David Coulthard's dad, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah. Um, a little bit. But yeah, I mean, Brian I was loving it. David and I think Coulthard's it's great dad, for all those guys because I was talking to another Danish friend of mine last night, Moin from Denmark. Right, yeah. Um, and we're saying that Bjarne originally wasn't invited to the race because of obviously the problems and things, but he's actually been invited now. And I think it's a real celebration for those guys, Jesper Skibby and Bo Hamburger and all these guys, because they were the catalysts on Bjarne's touring, whether people like it or not, you know, regardless of whether he took it or not, it was the catalyst in 96 for why Danish cycling is where it is today. Yeah. You know, the boom in it. And the, those guys are all household names in this country. And Danish riders have got 10 riders at the start line this year in the Tour de France. And... Um, I think it's you know it's great that he can be at the race because um, you know he's he's revered, loved and hated in Denmark, um, and Brian is fated, and Jesper Skibby is loved, and Rolf Sorensen is just a household name here. You know, it was a special. Just to go back to your very first question about how did it go? I mean, it was a uh, it was great to be back on the ground, but the atmosphere it was was electric. Yeah. I mean, we did a very long and slow recon of the course. It's quite it was, long, but the it? rain almost stopped that electricity, I think. It almost been a bit flat. I suppose it would, though, wouldn't it? Because yeah. when we went out earlier on, because it was so, been so warm, 22, 23 degrees, sunny, um, a lot of people were just weren't prepared for the rain, so I guess it did dampen the spirits a bit. But my feeling earlier on um, was there was a real energy in, in, within the crowd and talking about the, the superstars of the, of the of Danish sport. Clearly, there's, there's so many cycling fans in this country. Yeah. They absolutely love it, don't they? It was it was wonderful. It was palpable. I, I really. It's such uh, a uh, contrast to France, though, isn't it? Because I was well, I was sat there on the motorbike following Chris Froome today, and he got a you know he got a, a, a big ovation coming off the ramp. They love him here. Yeah. Um, and it's been you know obviously we've seen in the past. It's sad at times. Certainly a couple of years ago, he was getting booed in France. Yes. Um, yeah, we were. And it's a stark contrast. To Fr- it's a stark contrast to France that um, you know they, they they cheer everyone here. They're just real fans of the sport. So it's it's odd being at the Tour de France in Denmark with a nice crowd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we love the French, but they can be quite partisan from time. That they they make their feelings known. Yeah. And and Chris in the 2019 tour especially, um, it, it was actually quite. Um, it made it me feel quite much. uncomfortable. It, it was really much, quite uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but as you say. Time has passed, but yeah, there's there's just a joy, isn't yeah. there? I mean, they absolutely love it, and just a wonderful people as well, just mm. smiling faces, happy, just yeah. a, just a wonderful way to start the tour off. There was talking about the crowd and, and the atmosphere, the electric atmosphere. There was a wonderful moment. I think it was with about 800 meters to go, where the riders or the course went under one of the main oh, roads. I've seen this. A bridge. Yeah, and the crowd are chanting his name. I think we might have... Um, yeah, we've got that audio play a little now. Bit, yeah. Let's play it out, Pete. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it was, it's... Almost like a football crowd. It is, and they're and they're chanting for a Danish rider who's finished up there in the tour. Um, 
I mean, yeah, I mean, what? obviously we're still at the start of the tour now, but having seen the GC guys, they were all pretty close together, weren't they? Yeah. Who are you putting your money on for three weeks' time? Still Pogaccia. See, now I've, I've from, swayed from the last few days, um, and I keep saying Pogaccia just because of the way I saw him at Strada this year in Tirreno, and the kids are meant to Tour of Flanders, and, yeah. and his ride today was incredible as well, so I would stick with Pogaccia. I think Rolich... I don't know if he, he did a good ride today. I think he was only eight seconds behind. Yeah, so Roglic was eighth. Vingago finished on the same time as him, but there was yeah. only tw- 25 So there's nothing between them two. I think it's going to be a real battle, and obviously those two are on the same team, so I think that's where they're going to have to use their numbers against Pogacar. Yeah. yeah, and obviously out there, and then you've got Geraint Thomas and, and these guys. But um, Vingegaard, for me, is more of an outside, more of a chance of winning out of the Jumbo Visma chance than, those, than him. I think I think Vingegaard will will climb out climb Rolic in the mountains and be the only one capable of climbing with Pogacar. When you look at and when you look at how young Vingo is, relatively young years as well. And there was a couple of moments where I was watching the the Dauphiné and the stage when Vingegaard went clear with Rolic. And there's a few there's a few moments where in the last couple of Ks and it was it was the stage where Ben O'Connor was chasing behind, where he moved up to, to secure third overall, where Vingo had to wait and it was gapping Roglic. And he obviously had to wait for him. But I think you're right. There's something, there's something like Rodlich, he's still improving, but he's a slightly older rider and he's maybe... Plateaued now, isn't he? Like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a guy like Rodlich, using the word plateauing, it maybe is a bit unflattering, but when yeah. you really look at it forensically and strip away the emotion, Vingigo is on the ascendancy. Yeah. And the key thing for me in the pre-race interviews leading into this post-Dauphiné, post, uh, which might have been... Because he's a very outspoken young man. He's really clear. He's, he's confident. When asked about the t- chance of the tour, he said, "Yeah, I think I can. I think I can win. I think you know, there's um, there's two of us. But I don't know who the leader is. It was. It wasn't. I'm going to be working for Roglic. That they are. He is a. Yeah. I don't know. What, that's going to be quite interesting how they manage that between them. Yeah. But what they, they need to manage it because the only way I think I don't think anybody can pound for pound beat um, Pogacar. You need to be smart, and you need a team with two distinct leaders yeah. who are willing to. One's willing to lose. That's what they've got to try and do, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, I I think you're right. Um, and that, but I think if anyone can do it, Jumbo Visma can. Yeah. And I think Rolic is, is the type of leader who's well respected in that team. I think he's got good relationships with with everyone within that team. Um, I don't know much about Vingegaard. Um, I don't know how. Um, I don't know. Obviously, you say he's quite outspoken. I've never heard him do interviews. When I say outspoken, he's just very... That's, that's maybe a bit harsh. He's, he's very clear. Should we just pause for a second? Um, two fellas just come out of the bar. To, yeah, two... Slightly tipsy. Possibly. Uh, I mean, but, it, but it, you know, it's, it's fine, isn't it? I mean, this yeah. is a live environment. This is the wonderful thing about the, the podcast that we do on the tour. We're on the tour. We could be we in are. a bar one day. We could be that in a could van. could have been us last night. One day, we could be in a lay-by. You know, repairing a puncture. God forbid. Uh, or we could be in a really shiny lobby that's very echoey. And here we are. Here we are. And I've got a Baileys on the go. It's you a have, big do you like Baileys? Mate, let's not go into it, but yes. Is it like a cold hot chocolate? It's like a cold hot chocolate with coffee and booze in yeah. it. Yeah. I mean... I've never uh, had one. You, what? No, I've never had a Baileys. Right, have a sip. Let me have a sip of that. This is live on air. <laughs> oh, wait, well. It's some, it's, mate, it's something special. I <laughs> know, oh, that's nice. That's nice. That is nice. Yeah, no, look, look, look at your that. face. Is, yeah, I've had a white Russian. Uh, it's, that's very, very nice. Very that's smooth, cooler, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But that, but that is nicer. Yeah, I'm I don't have ice in mine. Do you like know. Them, they do a mint Baileys, don't they? Yes, they do. They What's do a that mint? like? Uh, really nice. Yeah. Not, I mean, just that is like, nice, Matt. Yeah, you're. You yeah. 
I've liked yeah. that. <laughs> they are indeed. They yeah. are. are, they, are but they they're not are, Baileys. And also, we don't recommend... <laughs> no, I mean, if Baileys fancy sponsoring the podcast, then yeah. contact Eurosport. But also drink No, in fact, don't contact Eurosport. Contact me direct. No, and can you just give them my number as well? A match Thank number. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we'll tag them in. Let me take I a break and tag them responsibly, in. folks. Baileys. I'm going to tag them in and see if they get back to me. Babies UK. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to tag it. <laughs> 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 Bailey's official. Tag, tag me in really tiny, so I'll bring oh, it yeah. Just tag me in really tiny in the corner. <laughs> So off the back of the Baileys there, we've got a reception full of people again, so we'll just carry on, Matt, yep. see if we can get through this one. Yeah, so we were talking about Vindegaard, Vingegaard there, and, and obviously his potential challenge to Rolich. Pogacar still the clear favourite after today finishing third. Yep. Wout van Aert for green? Yes. Yeah, I, 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 I can't just, see anyone challenging him. I, I think uh, the, the rider, actually I can, and it's Matthew van der Poel, but of van der Poel can't gallop in a bunch sprint quite like Van Aert we, we've seen we've seen that haven't we yeah you know what number Matthew is this year no I don't actually 101 101 right okay well, that was the number I was when I won the tour there we go 10 years on so um, but yeah, a little bit of bit of, bit of uh, a few stats there for you yeah history um, but we got I think we can't not start this Tour de France podcast off without a bit of a shout out to some notable absentees here you know yeah. De Koenig Quickstep Sorry, not De Koenig Quickstep. We'll get it right. Quickstep Alpha Vinyl, because it's now Alpacin De Koenig, isn't it? Blimey, let's get my teams right. Mark Cavendish isn't here. Yeah. Um, and if you look at social media over the last few days, especially after Cav won the National Road Championships in insane fashion, yeah. and I, me and Hannah had the privilege of commentating on the race, and we, it just blew my mind out. Just the, just the strength of, of the, and the drive and the belief that he had. Just so, incredible yeah. self-belief that Cav has had. And for him not to come to the tour was, was, was cruel. And I think the manner, I think, in which that he found out about his non-selection was, I'll be honest with you, I think it was disgraceful. Yeah. You know, um, and I'm not singling anybody out in particular, but um, clearly, you know, a rider of, of my... No, actually, any, 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 any rider yeah. who isn't picked for the tour should be told uh, yeah. on a phone call, um, in, my, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I don't know why it is. You know, no, I don't I'm, quite understand that uh, whole it, thing around that. And he's um, done so much for that team. You know, he's, this is his second stint at the team. Well, he, the um, coverage he brings and, and the, the, you know, what he brings to that team just in his presence alone is, you know, uh, uh, you know enough team. Uh, there's plenty of teams that would have him at this race and, yeah. and get success off of his presence. None of it makes sense. And, you know, we could sit here dissecting it all day. Yep. I think he's took it really well, Mark. I think he's shown that, um, what a champion he is and... Um, I, I almost feel like he's got a new lease of life. He's got a couple more years in him now. Yeah. He wants to ride for another couple of years, yeah. isn't he? Um, yeah. And I, I think what he's going to do the stripes proud again, isn't he? You know, with, Absolutely. You know, we, we know how much it means to anybody who wins that yeah. jersey, but he, he's going to run it. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. both had, had a stint in it. <laughs> thanks, mate. I'll just shoehorn that in uh, <laughs> in a slightly different era. But yeah, but, but he is driven, isn't he? And he's 37 years of age and he, he looks stronger and leaner than ever, isn't mm. it? But it's a shame. It's a shame as we're here. But but he has to you know pick up on your point, Brad. He has had so much you know the dignity with which mm. he's carried he has, himself yeah. 
after that decision is exemplary uh, and he can hold he can hold his head high yeah. and um we've got the rest of the year and then he's got 12 months in that beautiful jersey so yeah and there's going to be a lot more winter yeah. to come i think for yeah. mark so tomorrow's stage matt roskilde to nibourg nibourg which um also entails the big bridge we're going across tomorrow which all the talk is of three kilometers after the bridge is the finish yeah but 90 kilometres along the coast with potential crosswinds. Yeah, it's an interesting stage, isn't it? It's a primarily that they head due west, start in Nyborg, go cross-country to the coast. They head in the north-westly direction. Then they, and we understand from the latest meteor information that when they're, they're going to have a crosswind for 90 k's, they basically follow the coast, and then they go across the bridge. Yeah. And, and we know exposed the bridge. The bridge apparently is in two parts as well. There's... They, the, the first part of the bridge and go to an island briefly on land and go on, on over another part of the bridge but it's exposed and we understand right Pete the, the wind's maybe going to shift round so it should be the wind that might break this race up as well um, yeah 60 metres above the sea it's the highest point of tomorrow's stage um, and then as you say they finish they just swing a right actually off the bridge with that in that last three k's and looking at the wind as well that'll be a cross tailwind yeah. for the finish so it mm. And when you look at all the different impact factors, you've, it's the first road stage, stress one, stress, stress two, GC riders, complete, we know what the team meetings are going to be tonight, you've got to be at the front, you've got to be at the front, and then the sprint teams, because yeah. there's only six nailed on sprint stages, really, maybe seven in this tour. Hmm. So much at stake, and for me, it just spells chaos. Yeah. Who, who would you like to see win tomorrow? Uh, who, who do you think is going to win, who, do you, who would you like to see win? That's a difficult one. Who would like to see? I'd love to see Muds Pedersen win tomorrow. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. I'd, I'd have a Dane winning. I mean, he's really the only the, the only fast. Well, he goes through his, where he lives first after twenty k. We go through where Muds lives. But I just think he's a great rider. I love yeah. him. I think he's a great guy. And he got sixth today in the prologue, so he's in good shape. But you know what it would mean to Denmark to him to That'd win amazing, the stage tomorrow. It? You know, but you know, and we know he can sprint. He got second a couple of years ago on the opening stage, didn't he? Nice, I think it was. Yep. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's. Um, Quick step have obviously got a ride tomorrow. They've got the yellow jersey. They can obviously keep um, your man, what's he, the sprint? Lampard. He, no, and the oh, sprinter oh, they have. Fabio. Which, Fabio you know, he's got yeah. a lot to live up to now with the, yeah. the non-inclusion of Mark Cavendish, isn't he? Yeah. You know, he's got, but, you know, I'm sure he's a great rider, isn't he? Um, yeah, I think you don't, th th this is the thing. Other than that, we have sprint names. In terms of sprint names, have we got, who else we got here? Groenewegen, Ewan. Yeah. Um, It'd be interesting to see how Groenewegen goes. Yeah. It'd be and lovely to see him win a stage after where he's sort of rebirthed the last few years. Yeah. And he's in a completely new team. And when you look at the uh, the bike exchange squad, they've got the only rider that with any GC hope, I mean, we're talking about 15th or something like that, or any, is Nick Schultz. So the team is essentially built. We've got Matthews for the possible green jersey because of his versatility. But essentially the team, for the first time for bike exchange, no real GC hope. That's not, you know, yeah. taking anything away from Nick. Um, it's all about Groenewegen. Mm. Um, so they have Just a really different look to, to the team. On that Groenewegen issue, I know it was a couple of years ago now, but have those two been head-to-head -head since all that? Him I and Jakobsen. I don't... We'll have to top, we'll So have to it's for, from a start point of view, it's great to see them both back I at think, the Tour de France. You know, no, I think they have. I think earlier this year, there was one yeah. race where they've, they've actually uh, gone head-to-head. -head, and I think it might have been... Um, I, 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 I need to double-check, but they have once. But and two they, years they, on they from that... They've both beaten each other in the same race this year. Yeah, but two years on from that race, it's great to see them back, yeah. isn't it? Uh, yeah. At the Tour de France, highest level... 
um, they could be going head-to-head for one and two on the stage tomorrow, couldn't they? Yeah, that would be um, interesting. And I'm not too sure if um, they still get on or they don't get on or they're still in legal action and things like that, but it's just from a sporting level, it's great to see them back on the oh, totally. at the Tour of France. Yeah, when you look at that incident in Poland a couple of years ago now, mm. I mean, the fact they're both now winning mm. big bike races and we've got them head-to-head, um, it's not about it being a grudge match, it's just about them both mm. remaining, just, just doing what they do yeah, best. exactly. And that's a clean sprint and, uh, and that's, that's exciting because they're both for different reasons completely different reasons yeah. be through been through their own personal health yeah, they let's, have. let's be honest with you yeah. so yeah it will be um it's going to be i think it's going to be great to watch yeah. i mean you've got those it's a bit of everything tomorrow we've got the there'll be a breakaway i think to try and vibe for those the K- koms mm. there's always teams wanting to get in a break to get the first one of the first intermediate jerseys mm. get the the spotted the spotted jersey you've got the sprint that comes after about 126k as well the first real proper rendezvous to see the riders that are going to go for the green jersey and then, of course, we've got the bridge, which comes really deep into the race mm. as well. And um, I'm wondering if any GC guys will get punted on that one. It's, 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 for just an opening flat stage, mm. I think there's a lot at stake. I think it could be brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it for the Bradley Wiggins show for today. We'll be having another podcast tomorrow after that stage is finished. Uh, thanks, Matt. Thanks, Bradley. Well, maybe we're in a different lobby, but uh, we'll get some more Baileys in next time as well. We will. Definitely Baileys tomorrow night. I've tagged Baileys in on Instagram, so hopefully <laughs> they'll be back to us by then. Let's and uh, so. it'll be the Bradley Wiggins Show sponsored by Baileys. I'm going to sleep well tonight. <laughs>